I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. it. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics on Red. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Let's see. Starting out, we have two pieces of prose from one of our wonderful watchers, listeners, members, all that in one package. Michael Rutnin, Manhattan DA intensifies investigation of Trump. Prosecutors have recently interviewed employees of Trump's lenders and insurance brokerage in the latest indication that he still faces a potential threat of criminal charges. Once he leaves office, Trump likely guilty of multiple financial crimes, including but not limited to tax evasion, bank fraud, charity fraud, insurance fraud, money laundering, enterprise corruption, ties to organized crime and dark money. And I am <laughs> and I'm glad that it'll be a New Yorker that takes him down. Hey, I think I agree with you, brother. And then now, Iowa tops report. DNC meddling led to caucus debacle. Democratic Party rigged their primaries in 2016 and 2020, had investigations that dragged out for months, then eventually admitted wrongdoing when nobody was looking because the, na- the nation's focus turned to general election. By then, the report spins or pins the blame squarely on the DNC for the heart of the problem on caucus night. The delay in the reporting results, according to the report, DNC demanded the technology company Shadow build a conversion tool just weeks before the caucuses to allow the DNC to have real-time access to raw numbers because the National Party feared the app would miscalculate results. The DNC's data system used a different database format than Shadow reporting, which caused multiple problems. These are great screw up score youtube five facebook zero okay what does that mean i don't know you have to tell me what that means senor bridge mcp yeah new york delayed things for trump we're just waiting they intensified it it can't wait bridge says 12 inches of ice snow ice snow four hours to clean out what a day bridge you know we're in texas we don't quite get it that way but you know with global warming, with global warming, with climate change, who knows what happens. Sometimes it can get that dip down here and bring all that stuff here. Anyhow, we're going to have a great show for you today, my brothers and my sisters. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. We're going to start with what the program is about today. Starting the program, here we go. Paul Fleming just checked in and Bruce Ballard is here as well. Here we go, title of the show. Ben Smilowitz of DAP. We can make billions of vaccine now. That's the interview that we're going to do today. Uh, it's interesting how that interview came about. Trump's COVID failure. Ben Smilowitz, executive director of Disaster Accountability Project, makes a case for a billion vaccines now. Trump's COVID dereliction, even worse than we thought. So we have Chuck. The first video we're going to do is Chuck Todd walks through the reality of how poorly the response was to COVID-19. Uh, it was a dereliction of duty of Trump. Specifically, it was the biggest failure of government. And I think we, we, we all, we all kind of know that, right? We all kind of know that this was likely the largest dereliction of duty this country had ever seen. Uh, in this entire country's history. So what we're going to go and do is play that one, and then we'll take it on the other side. Take a listen to how Chuck Todd describes the state of our pandemic and how we've handled it, how our government, under the direction of Donald Trump, has handled it. And tell me if you don't think it's more than a dereliction of duty. Something more really needs to be done. It's a... It's a we, you just have to see this to to get the to grasp how incompetent uh, this entire fiasco is. More than 308,000 people have now died from COVID in this country. The CDC director has predicted that over the next month, at least, we're going to see 9/11 levels of fatalities every single 
day. Nearly 3,300 deaths were reported from COVID yesterday alone. That was the single deadliest day of this pandemic. If the death toll alone doesn't highlight how badly we need a full accounting of what happened, there's this. House investigators on a subcommittee specifically devoted to the pandemic disclosed that they discovered communications within HHS showing that one of the president's top science advisors specifically said of low-risk groups that, quote, we want them infected. That was basically a herd immunity strategy focused on protecting only the most vulnerable. This private communication came, of course, as the president was publicly downplaying the health risks of COVID while contradicting public health experts and pushing for states to fully reopen. Bottom line is the White House was publicly vowing to limit the spread of the virus. There were obvious efforts underway to implement strategies that ended up doing the opposite, all as President Trump was trying to avoid shutting down the economy because he thought it would help his reelection effort. Getting to the bottom of the depths of the political interference at our country's public health agencies is obviously of major importance on that issue. The CDC's former chief of staff and his top deputy are opening up about how the agency was sidelined, in part, by political allies of the president. In an interview with the New York Times, they said, quote, everyone wants to describe the day that the light switch flipped and the CDC was sidelined. It didn't happen that way. It was more of like a hand grasping something, and it slowly closes closes and closes until you realize that middle of the summer it has a complete grasp on everything at the cdc folks the president's response alone to this pandemic will be remembered as one of the biggest failures of government leadership in our nation's history and while the speed of the vaccine is rightfully being recognized as a medical marvel there have nonetheless been cascading failures across our government and from our elected leaders it's resulted in more deaths so far than the number of Americans who died in the battle, in battle during World War II. The public deserves a full and independent accounting of what happened. We've had plenty of commissions that do this and do this well. And we have to ask ourselves, how is it possible that this guy came so close to an electoral college win, not a popular vote win, he lost that by a landslide? There is a problem. There's a communication problem in this country. There's a problem with how we get information to the right places, and it is something that we have to solve. We have to stop talking to the choir. We have to start talking everywhere, and that is why we must share all points of true information that gives people the option of seeing things the way they really are. We absolutely so, absolutely so, absolutely so. And, and that's one of the reasons we have this program and, and, and others, and, and we do the kind of blogs that we do. Yes, we have a progressive bias. Yes, we are bona fide progressive liberals, all that good stuff. But, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is the policies that we support are the policies that most Americans want. And what we have to do is be able to open that, that level of communication that people uh, people are willing to at least, even if they don't agree with you on any particular issue, at least take you in seriously enough that they can listen to you. And that is a space that we want to occupy. That is a space that we want to have in politics done right and elsewhere. We want to ensure that everybody's listening, whether they agree or not. And, and let, me, let me tell you, a, a good example of, of, of that change is, let's say, the acceptance of uh, Steve Schmidt coming into the, with the Democratic Party and, and finding that intersectionality between his group and others. A lot of people have been complaining, well, he's going to come in there and try to change our progressive party. No, uh, the party, is, is, the party is, is, a, is not a monolith, right? We know what policies we think do better. But anyhow... Uh, let's go on to the, the, the second video. The second video uh, has to do with uh, Chuck Ta, with, with uh, the official, how, how dangerous. We Welcome aboard, May Wood. Welcome aboard, May Wood. Welcome aboard. Let's see if there's anybody else I'm missing. I think, uh, uh, para ver, para ver. Uh, Paul Fleming, welcome aboard from Atlanta. Okay, this other video shows the evil within this herd immunity and that it was a reality. You know, a lot of people, AVQ, welcome. It's a, it's a reality. I want you to listen to this and then let's take it on the other side. If it's necessary to see how evil the administration really was, all that information is starting to come out now. Things that likely they are scared of. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. 
So one of your titles is Assistant Secretary of Health at HHS. You probably are aware of the news uh, of the last couple of days of what we've learned of some, particularly some emails that a Dr. Paul Alexander sent. I want to put up a, a couple of them. He was pushing for herd immunity. There's no other way, uh, he writes, we need to establish herd, and it only comes after allowing the non-high-risk groups expose themselves to the virus, period. In another email, infants, kids, teens, young people, young adults, middle-aged with no conditions, etc., have zero to little risk, so we use them to develop herd. We want them infected, of course, is the quote that, is, that you've seen circulated. Was this policy... Was herd immunity policy as far as you were aware of? No, it, it absolutely wasn't. We want to achieve herd immunity by vaccination. Achieving herd immunity by letting uh, the disease go rampant would have killed 2 million Americans plus. Um, it is impossible to shelter the vulnerable when you have widespread community transmission. And um, I, I'm just telling you, Dr. Burks, myself, Dr. Redfield, Dr. Fauci, yeah. uh, none of us were influenced. This person was a technical advisor to the public affairs people. He was not a senior person. Smart guy, well-educated guy, but clearly this public health opinion was wrong and it did not influence my policy or anything at the task force level, to my knowledge. Do you understand why, though, trust, for instance, in the CDC, trust in some government officials, it's way down because this was mixed messaging. I mean, you you just definitively said, hey, influence me, except this guy worked at HHS, so he was influencing somebody. So, so I understand, and we do need to restore trust in the institutions. There was a lot of discussion at high levels. I, I'm just going to tell you from... From what I know, uh, Dr. Alexander was not a player in this at all. He was a technical advisor to public affairs. Uh, again, smart guy, well-educated, but, you know, he was not at the level to influence myself, the secretary, Dr. Redfield, you know, anyone else. And we've had debates about herd immunity, and, and you know that, and there are prominent people who talked about that, but it did not influence our policy. And again, um, letting this go rampant would have killed 2 million-plus Americans. That is not a way to create herd immunity. The only way to save create herd immunity is by vaccination. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. Um, I mean, it's a basic public health, uh, uh, you know, pillar of, of what we do. Um, right. If you could, in a theoretical world, uh, shelter the vulnerable, um, it, would, it would still be concerning because even young people get sick and they do die. But in the real world, the vulnerable are in our community. They're all around us. They're our parents. They're the people with right. chronic conditions. Um, and it's impossible to do that. And that's why this would have been a, a catastrophe of unbelievable proportions if that would have been our policy. In fact, we saw a study. I saw a study recently about the counties that encompass large college towns. And while, yes, we, they didn't have college kids dying, the death rate in general in those counties went up, so it's hard not to, to make that connection. We, yes, it's hard not to make that connection because we have to remember that uh, the president went on stage uh, with Stephanopoulos and actually talked about, oh, uh, we are going to achieve herd immunity. He, he had Dr. Scott, a radiologist, working with him, and now we have Alexander. Come on. These guys were attempting herd immunity. That's the reason why he had open. Uh, he had all his uh, all his affairs open. Remember, all the, the rallies were open. He had all his uh, people come to the White House without wearing masks. These guys really believed in herd immunity. They were doing. They were acting out herd immunity. It's just they could never really officially say it. Remember. Donald Trump was responsible for a large percentage of our 300,000-plus dead Americans because he became one of our largest, one of our largest super spreaders. Donald Trump, after he leaves office, should be, should be charged with murder. We definitely he should be charged with murder. Definitely charged with murder. But I don't know what the law, how, how that would apply to the law. But we know for a fact that these guys went completely around. I mean, they were saying one thing, but he was doing something else. He was doing everything to make sure that his super spreader events were just that, super spreader events. Anyhow, folks, um, without any further ado, what I want to do, you know, we, we are talking about vaccines, right? 
And as you know, we need to get vaccines in as many people as quickly as possible. We know that Donald Trump didn't order all the vaccines that he could have ordered, even though they were asking him to order the vaccines. We know that, uh, there, that the reality is if we wanted to produce the amount of vaccines necessary to inoculate every single American in a short period of time, we could. We also know that the fact of the matter is that what's going on right now is a an economic thing, a capitalist thing. Remember when I talk about the way you make money in a capitalist system is ensuring that there is scarcity. There does not there in a pandemic you do not have to have a scarcity of this product. We have the means to produce them all in huge quantities and to ramp up right now. The fact that these factories were made already means we could have made many of these factories, but it's all about um, make it that it's all about making sure there's no competition between government and corporations, even if corporations cannot handle the load. But let's check this interview out and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today I'm here with Ben Smilowitz, Executive Director of Disaster Accountability Project. Maybe El Senor uh, Trump from people who are less biased than those here speaking to. How are you doing, Ben? Welcome to Politics Done Right. Doing okay. Thank you for having me. Great. Hey, Ben, before we get started, uh, the, 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 the group that you formed is called Disaster Accountability Project. Just so that we can get centered here, tell us a little bit about that group and what is it that you, uh, that you guys do and other organizations like Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So um, essentially the organization I started after Hurricane Katrina to serve as a watchdog of disaster relief and humanitarian aid. There's no other organization that does this work. And there are so many recommendations that follow disasters that if not implemented, will cause us to, say, will cause us to make the same mistakes over and over. So we really need to make improvements when we realize where the mistakes are so that we can save lives and reduce suffering after disasters. We work on a range of issues from local, state, national, and even global. So we're looking at, um, at humanitarian funding and how organizations raise uh, donations. And we're looking at imp improving the, the response to COVID here in the U.S. Now, you recently uh, wrote an op-ed at um, The Hill and I think you're pretty critical of the administration and on how they were getting the drugs in and exactly what's taken so darn long for us to ramp up to, uh, to produce these drugs uh, or rather these vaccines. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. So the vaccine was done at, at extremely fast pace. And so I'm very grateful to all the, the doctors and scientists that, that made that happen. But now it's the job for the U.S. government to get those vaccine doses to everyone that, that, need, that need them. And so what we're seeing is that the U.S. government is contracting with the pharmaceuticals, but we're working at the pace of the pharmaceutical industry. The U.S. government has the tools using Defense Production Act to, production, to increase productive capacity which means that if the pharmaceutical industry doesn't have the equipment and the space and the people to make a billion doses instead of 100,000, the U.S. government can help. The U.S. government has the, the legal authority. And I mean, we've done shock and awe all over the world. We say that we're the best, right? 
So let's do a billion. Let's do a billion per month, right? I mean, not only do, do these vaccines need uh, two doses for, you know, to be effective and, and protect people from COVID, but not, and, and we have to vaccinate our own country, but the whole world needs this vaccine, right? And urgently, like our recovery for our economy won't recover, if you want to think about it that way, until the whole world is, is vaccinated. But just from a humanitarian perspective, there's tremendous demand. We could be producing for the whole world right now and make our money back. So why don't we? We're talking about waiting until summer and later, right, for these vaccines. That's at the pharmaceuticals pace. The U.S. government can do a lot better than that. Well, I mean, uh, you're in, first of all, let me just uh, you don't you, you don't take political positions. So and, and I respect that. Uh, but you're in a political show. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you here as well is to give the unbiased uh, what's happening in an um, unbiased fashion. In other words, what you stated is perfectly true. What you stated is we have the capacity as Americans, as our industrial base, to ramp up to any number of vaccines that are necessary to produce. You are absolutely right. I want to hear from an unbiased person what the reason is why we're not doing that, and then I'll give my opinion on that. Look, the, the report that was written after Katrina was called Failure of Initiative, right? This is the report that Congress wrote about the U.S. government response, a failure of initiative. We could write the same story now. You know, the people that are dying are people of color, right? Uh, people with disabilities, elderly, people in nursing homes. So I don't think that there's as much urgency in... Uh, our federal government in the White House, in Congress, to act. I mean, look, they haven't been able to pass an aid bill for months. People are, you know, hanging on. M many people aren't even hanging on right now, economically. Um, we haven't been able to take care of our people for the last, you know, many months with COVID, almost a year. And now there's not as much urgency about the vaccine. You know, when when uh, the president or Giuliani or anyone member of Congress, you know, gets sick, they get, you know, top tier treatment. Everyone else doesn't have access to the same um, interventions and, and therapies that, you know, these people are getting. So the whole country needs this vaccine. We have vaccines. I trust science. I trust public health experts. They've done their time. Like, you know, they've, they're, they're putting themselves at risk to, to protect the rest of us. Now it's our turn to not only get the vaccine, but to make sure that it, it's available to everyone. Now, interestingly, I think, you, first of all, I think you were quite kind to uh, the reasons. I think those are partially the reasons. The, 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 wrong, the wrong people are the most affected. So I think you're right about that. Uh, now, as well, if you take a look at um, how quickly the vaccine was developed, I think a lot of it is misrepresented. Uh, the, the technology for this type of vaccine has been in existence for quite some time. A lot of research went into it as soon as the genome was released by the Chinese uh, person illegally, according to Ch the, the Chinese government. Uh, Moderna and these guys were able to uh, come up with the genome immediately or, or present find the spikes, etc. So all of that was this lightning speed that makes it look like things were uh, that lightning speed, I think is, a, is somewhat a misnomer. But what you also said is that much of what happened is that it's the wrong people that are really affected. But I think it's even deeper. You made a mention about money. Uh, to, if the government started, co corporations really, in my opinion, and you can tell me otherwise, don't really want the government to start building up infrastructure to do what they want to do because scarcity determines high prices. And I think in the long run, if, they're, they're, if there's enough manufacturing capabilities, et cetera, there's no reason for scarcity. And if there's no reason for scarcity, that means then that uh, pricing can go through the roof like there's the government right now. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think the government wants to be in the long-term business of making I, I think that, um, you know, we're just reading the news in the last day, the, the CEO of Pfizer told the White House and, you know, Health and Human Services, yes, go for it. Use Defense Production Act. <laughs> like, 
if you want to increase productive capacity, go for it. I don't, I think right now, um, industry just doesn't have the capacity to scale as fast as uh, needed. And I think that the style of this White House is to try to make a deal instead of compel anyone to, to, to do something. And so they're still trying to make a deal instead of just putting their foot down and saying, do it. <laughs> and I think that the next administration will be more likely to just say, do it and not wait for the deal that strokes the ego. Uh, I, am, I am going to have you on again if the next administration gets into full-fledged production uh, as opposed to being, you know, I, I know that the, the company said, oh yeah, please go ahead and ramp up if you can. But I know that uh, that cannot be based on how our economy work. I wonder how genuous that could really be. Um, now, so how are you going to try to influence the government going forward to execute as you've mentioned? Well, I think as citizens, we can, we have tools at our disposal to make some noise and put pressure. Um, you know, we're, we haven't really gotten what we need in the last year. So it would be a little bit silly to expect that all of a sudden they're going to do what needs to be done, but we're lucky to have a change in administration and then we'll hold the next administration accountable as well. So um, as advocates, we'll continue to push hard. We've, I mean, we've, we had our own legislation that we've been trying to push to allow states. Your company, to use tell us a little bit about that. That's important. I, I read that in your article. Yeah, so we actually got a piece of legislation drafted um, that allows states to use the Defense Production Act themselves after declared disasters, only around production and prioritization and in-state only. The idea is that a state would be able to tell industry in their state, we want more PPE, you know, personal protective equipment. So make more. Or, oh, I see you make PPE. We're going to buy from you directly instead of having those goods first go through out-of-state supply chains and then come back five times the price, right? Right now, states are buying goods at the same rate as everybody else, private sector, government, everyone's paying these really inflated rates because the government can't buy goods at a government rate, the state governments. The federal government, they use the Defense Production Act 300,000 times a year. I don't think people realize the federal government. I don't uses I, the Defense you you Act. mentioned that in the article. I wanted to know if that was actually a misprint in the article. I took that. This is a New York Times story that that talks about how many times the federal government prioritizes contracts at the federal level. Now, this is, you know, for often for defense, for military, they want to buy something. They don't want to wait in line. Right. They want to buy it on a federal price schedule. So they say, we're going to use the Defense Production Act and take these goods or buy these goods at this price right now. We're not going to wait for everyone else to buy it first or for you to fulfill your contracts with everyone else. We want it right now. Now, if the federal government does that 300,000 times a year, they bragged recently about using Defense Production Act for COVID like 80 times. After all, so, one is buying bullets and the other one is buying lives, right? Well, there you go. There make, you go. Makes, makes a lot more sense if you're saving lives than buying bullets. Um, so I, I, I guess your first throw out the, at, at the government is your article with the expectation that it'll get recognition like it did here and, and that more people push that article. And I think uh, that's an important start for us to... Um, to work with because I think unless people, you know, in our program, what we do a whole lot, uh, Ben, is we try to tell people that you have a lot more power than you think you have. And uh, that, you know, politicians listen to the corporate dollar because that's, that's, that's who performed for them. But when they realize that that, that person given a whole lot of corporate dollars only has one vote as that person who may give 25 cents or a dollar, uh, they, they, once we as citizens realize that, we start to act. And I think it's important what you've done to uh, put this type of, uh, uh, to put this article out. Now, what, uh, what should I have asked you or what other information do you want to tell us that I didn't get to? Well, I, I think it's important for people to know that, you know, they ha I think you're totally right. People have more power than they think. 
And we live in a, in a special country where people can speak up and challenge their government. And we have rights to do that where in, around the world, people do not have the same, the same rights and privileges that we have. So we should use them uh, responsibly and to advance you know, these life-saving uh, you know, agendas. Um, so I, I welcome anyone to check out our website. Um, you know, not only are we trying to advocate for an improved COVID response here in the US, but when disasters happen all over the world, people tend to give money generously, but they often give to the wrong places. Explain, meaning, explain. Meaning people give to the, the big names they know, the big international organizations that have the, a brand name that everyone knows. But oftentimes those big organizations are not the ones actually working themselves on the ground, resp responding to the disaster. So what happens is the money goes to the big organization and then those organizations, they uh, delay and often divert funds that maybe they take 10% and wait six months to a year or more before releasing those funds. And 10% is generous, but let's take 10. And they release those funds to someone else, another like subcontractor, sub organization partner. And then sometimes it changes hands multiple times before reaching the local organization on the ground. And the UN was using a number that as much as two or 3% actually ends up reaching the local, uh, local nonprofits or local organizations. So we built a platform called Smart Response. And I know you're a, you have a background in computer programming. Mm -hmm. We recruited a, a team of volunteer developers from around the world to help us build this platform. And organizations, these local organizations from all over the world are registering on this platform and sharing data about themselves. So that when a disaster happens, we can curate a localized list. And then donors can directly connect to the local organizations and bypass unnecessary intermediaries. And we don't take a cut. We're not an intermediary ourselves. We're not processing transactions ourselves. We're simply connecting a donor, like watching this, after a disaster, like in Haiti or Nepal, somewhere in the, you know, there were just big storms in Nicaragua and in Central America. But all over the world, there are these, you know, often climate caused disasters and people want to help. And they should be able to connect directly with these local organizations support them. And then you see 99 or 97% of the money, you know, minus whatever transaction fee is incurred by that organization for their transactions, reaching the organization that's intended. And we think we can improve disaster relief and humanitarian aid, uh, the effectiveness by hundreds of millions of dollars globally with this platform. That is a that's a perfect tool. That is something that is necessary out there. You 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 said something that that I think people have to realize, uh, and it's so important. We give the big name organizations where the CEO of those organizations are making a half a million dollars a year. So when you're donating to a lot of these guys, that is where your money is going first. And then you talk about being held. When they're being held, they who knows what they're capitalizing. And after they do that, then they give to subcontractors who themselves have their cut. And finally, as you mentioned, three to four percent get to the people who really need the money. That is that is blasphemous. Yeah, there's there are a lot of problems in this world. And um, the more that we learned after the Haiti earthquake and the Nepal earthquake, and we, we built this platform with the incredible generosity of, of volunteers platform works you know we want to we're making improvements all the time but um so far 570 organizations have self-registered from over 57 countries and 24 u.s states we want to try to reach a couple thousand organizations and so we do that and we also do advocacy and you know for our work is supported by individuals just like you know this this show and and other you know good causes so we're asking people to consider us in their end of year donations. Um, and we're a nonprofit, so it's a tax deduction. And we're, you know, we're, we're committed to improving disaster relief and humanitarian aid. That is excellent. Let me tell you, uh, Ben Smilowitz, Executive Director of Disaster Accountability Project. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you for having me.
We All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, uh, by the way, I'm taking calls. If anybody wants to call in, I'm going to put that information on the screen right now. If anybody wants to call in. Uh, anyhow, here's, here's some information. First of all, I just want to thank the very smart people on all sides that we have here. Um, and and with, with conversation, that is how we get true information, right? And I want to touch on, by the way, welcome aboard, Maywood. Welcome aboard. Uh, um, I think uh, Michael Csek joined us again. And I think Tank 28's here, uh, creating a little bit of trouble under my name. Uh, and a few others are here that I may not have gotten to. I'll get you as I run down. But I want to, I want to address something that Mike Csek said, because I don't, when it comes to health, right? We don't want it. We don't want to look at health as a as a um, when I say health, I'm talking about this this infection as a Republican, Democrat, conservative, uh, or, or or liberal thing. We want to look at this as we want to do what's best for humanity, what's best for our fellow citizens. And what Mike Cisak says uh, in response to one of the questions was. Uh, because Bridge, Bridge, uh, let's see. Bridge said, uh, "Let me see if I can find her thing." But I don't know if I need to read her entirely. Well, if Trump people wanted herd immunity, why on earth get more vaccines? Meaning they do not want to help people. Then uh, Mike Csak comes back, and Mike Csak says, "Bridge, because with a ninety-nine percent survival rate." which is actually factually incorrect. Mike, uh, uh, Michael Rudnan is correct when he says 2.7% mortality rate. It makes sense to have young, uh, important people in the administration get immunity having it. Okay, so let, let's take this into two pieces. Um, first of all, herd immunity assumes, when you have herd immunity, it assumes that a lot of people have gotten infected and that in that body of infected people, it is so large that the virus no longer circulates in that, but there's a major assumption. The assumption is that you hold on to that immunity. If you're on a sliding scale immunity, you do not have true herd immunity because as more people get the virus, other people lose their immunity and they are reinfected. And that is what we are starting to see with people who don't have the vaccine. Why do we want to have the vaccine? As Rudnan specifies in his answer... When you get the vaccine, you get 50% immunity the first time for about three months. Now, Rudnan said something that I don't know we have proven yet. He said, when you get the booster, you have a 95% of 100% uh, immunity. I don't think we can say that quite yet. We believe that. He said you get 95% immunity permanently. We can't quite extrapolate onto that fact exactly yet. We know that the, the immunity seems to last much longer after getting the booster. So what we are saying, though, Brother CSEC, is the following. What Donald Trump was trying to do, as, his, as, I, as the video I played before pointed out, if we tried for natural herd immunity, we would have killed over 2 million Americans, but that's not all. And we would have gotten nowhere. And why would we have gotten nowhere? Because getting, getting the virus by itself does not provide your immunity permanently. And who have found that out? Sweden. Sweden attempted this herd immunity experiment, and it did them absolutely no good. These are facts that can be refuted. These are facts that you can find out about without having much problem. So let's let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and 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 get these facts down. CDC says those people up to age 65 have 99 percent survival rate. First of all, if it's up to 65%, so people over 65 doesn't count? Aren't they people too? Are they not important as well? But that's not the only issue, sir. That is not the only issue. The other issue is people of color have different results, as Deborah John has been point, uh, is pointing out here as well. Welcome aboard, Deborah John. So, no, those are, those are the realities. Let's not cloud ourselves through the fallacies we hear on right-wing radio, which is designed to misrepresent to you so that you will have an alternate state of reality. I am glad that you're visiting with us, all my right-wingers that come here. I love you all, and I love that you are visiting with us because that way you get an alternate source of information that you can verify through the sources that we give you here as well. Let me pause for a while and go ahead and do my ask. Uh, those of you who are watching the screen right now, my book is there. 
Uh, that is how we support the show with our books, with our contri with contributions, with joining uh, Facebook, uh, with joining YouTube. That is how we support this program. So I'm putting the link on the, on the screen right now uh, for our book. I ask you so kindly, if you haven't gotten the book, consider getting the book. It's a good read. It has good reviews. It's 4.1 over 5 at Amazon right now, and sometimes it goes higher than that. I would also, if you don't want to, if you want to come directly to the source to take out the middleman, you can purchase the book and my other books as well, either at Amazon or at our store at politicsdoneright.com slash store. If you're on YouTube right now, consider joining our team. According, what is it called again? British MCP? The PDR Posse, the Politics Done Right Posse. Please consider clicking that join button and that way you support what we do. What exactly are we doing? What exactly do we do? It's not just this program. It's not this program solely. We also have blogs at egbertowillies.com, politicsdoneright.com, uh, uh, liberalpolitics.com, and several other, several other points we have. What we do is we ensure, just like the right has people writing blogs and all of that to populate the internet so that when, per, when somebody searches for Medicare for All, Right-wing information mostly comes up in the search engines. We, on the progressive side, must have enough people doing the same thing, writing articles that make sense, writing blogs that make sense, writing well-documented things. That's what we do at egbertowillies.com and at politicsandright.com. We make sure that information is out there so that search engines will pick it up. So when somebody sees Medicare for All, they don't only get the right-wing lies, they also get the truth that we are given on the progressive side. That's, so we do a whole lot of work in that regard. So we do this show, we do videos that promote these messages as well, a lot of videos, three to four a day that promote these messages, a lot of blogs, two or three a day that promote this message, and many, many other things. We go out in the field when there wasn't coronavirus, and we covered events, etc., etc., etc. So please support us by going to uh, join that button on, click that join button on YouTube. And if you're not on YouTube, you can still become a part of the PDR Posse, as says by Bridge MCP, by going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can also support us via our Patreon account, which is Patreon, which is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon is another way to support us. And of course, we all, we all accept PayPal. And we love PayPal. That is politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal politicsandright.com slash paper. So please find a way uh, to support us. We do good work, important work, and we're here all of the times, seven days a week, 16 hours a day. So thank you so kindly for supporting us. Click that join button or whatever button or whichever way you can find to support our program. Okay, now it's the time for us to go ahead and start Going down the list of our great people, our great listeners. So let me start. Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard. Thank you for being here. Bruce Pollard, you still didn't tell me what YouTube 5, Facebook 0 mean. I don't know if you meant the amount of people that were watching at the time that you got that thing. Uh, but maybe if that is, cool. Uh, Bridge MCP, 12 inches of snow. Yeah, I think I went through that. And Paul Fleming checking in from ATL. Michael Rudnan is in New York. Bridge MCP again. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. Uh, what are the messages? Uh, Bruce says, education is required. We need to teach people to make decisions based on fact and compassion. Yeah. You know what is an interesting thing, though, Bruce? And this is what I am learning myself, right? For people to listen to you, there are two things that you have to do with them. One, you have to respect them. And two, you have to try to find a way for them to like you so that they will listen to you. And it's a hard task, right? If you're talking... Uh, uh, if you're talking progressive values to a conservative, the first thing that conservative many times think is you're attacking them. So one of the things that I use is I try to let folks know that I love humanity. I, I want to be around people. I love people. And I, I want people to know that that is genuine so that they will start listening to the words, not as some, in their, in their opinion, some pinko liberal trying to demean them, but to try to tell them, no, I, what I want I am pretty sure 
ultimately we want the same thing just me welcome aboard just me says the 2010 citizen united decision allows anonymous one percent ultra rich to pour uh limited information uh, uh, on limited amounts of dollars into american elections and politics and buy seats that's true but let me tell you something else just me and this is what i want people to get across no matter how much money they can throw there it's one person one vote and what we have to do is diminish the value that they have to put to get to you to lie to you and one of the things that we do with a program like politics done right or tyt or many of the others that are doing similar things is on low budgets we can put out a whole lot of material so that we can get to a whole lot of people and that's the goal uh, 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 one of our listeners like john cotter sent me th- something from john uh, from um uh tom hartman tom hartman and tom hartman says you know, the problem in Georgia is all you have is right-wing radio at all, completely. We have to mitigate that, and this is what mitigates that. We're not only here on, 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 on the Internet. We're also on KPFT 90.1 FM in Houston that is carried all over northeast Texas, southeast Texas, as well as on the Internet throughout the world. So we are doing our part to try to get more people to hear the message. So just me, that is true. Citizens United. And by the way, I did a document as the executive producer of uh, Legalize Democracy. Check that out. I, I put the link in, in somewhere in, in, in here where we created a documentary talking about Citizens United and a whole lot. It's a pretty cool documentary. I think it's about 30 minutes long or so. So check it out. I have the link in there. So check it out and tell me what you think about it. We made it a few years ago. Bridge MCP, now why aren't these people charged with manslaughter? I think they should be. I honestly think they should be charged with manslaughter. By the way, there's a documentary that I haven't, I do have the link in there, so you can check that out. All right, scrolling down, Paul Fleming, I got to Paul Lawrence Sims. Lawrence, how you doing? If not murder, at least volunteer manslaughter. I agree with you, sir. Uh, going down, tagging Ben Smolowitz. Thank you, Michael Rudnan, for doing that so that he can see when he was actually played live. Thank you, sir. You're a good man. Uh, British MCC, not if he pardons himself. Pardons only work in federal cases. So in New York, New York is going to have a field day with him. Uh, one of the reasons Donald Trump was ready to go for broke to stay in power is while he's in power, he's uh, insulated from New York being able to do anything. Once he leaves power, it's, it's up for grabs. But I have a feeling all kinds of deals are going to be made in the background to save his butt because Donald Trump could skip the country and go live in Russia or something like that. But knowing the amount that he knows about the American government or whatever, not just talking passwords and all of that, but much more, America may try some things to make some deals with him to keep him in the country. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. And not spilling his guts to other countries you know the guy's a traitor we know he's a traitor okay let's see coming down scrolling down maywood welcome i think i called you out already i know we want that january 20th cannot come fast enough um let's see bridge mcf says well if the trump people wanted herd immunity why on earth get the vaccines we we've discussed that one already uh, we know why. The Defense Department estimates that it's used, I, we talked about that, 300 times a year. I didn't know that. I thought when he said that he was kind of misrepresented, not misrepresented, but it was an error in the way he said it, but it's true. We use that, we use the DPA a whole lot. Okay, here's the thing that with Mike Cisak saying a lot of them were false positive. If you had a lot of false positive and you talk about a 99.1 or 99 point something percent um, in uh, death rate, if there are a lot of false positives, right, 
that means you're defeating yourself by saying there's a lot of po- false positives and, the, and that rate is 99.1. Because if, if you had less false positives, it would actually mean then that the death rate is going up if false policy positives fell. Remember, they're inverse. Basic math, my brother. So, Mike, I think you have to go and rethink. Remember, when the people that are informing you from the right, they all assume the people that listen to them are not very I, – I, 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 I definitely don't mean to be condescending, but Donald Trump said this. Donald Trump went on stage and he said, I like my people. I like stupid people. Donald Trump says that. I have it on a video somewhere. And it was hard to believe that he actually, that's the way he spoke to his people. Just like he told his people in Erie, Ohio, I think it was, uh, if, if the election wasn't close, I wouldn't be here. He tells them anything, and they buy it up. Okay, continuing down. Welcome aboard. Let's see if there's anybody else to welcome. Deborah John, I can't read that whole thing right now, but I promise to read it later. Michael Renefizer says, final data analysis shows COVID vaccine is 95% effective. That is very, very good. Uh, if C- if, is that the CDC when Trump took over and changed the info? Yeah, look, CDC, Trump did a whole lot of bad things with the CDC, and it's reported in the New York Times. Uh, Chuck Todd had some of it on TV today. Uh, let's see. Just so you know, I was waiting for doctors to get around to checking the vaccine safety, effectiveness, and side effects to find out if I would take the vaccine. Well, they told me. Now I want the vaccine when it comes available. Yeah, look, my sister is a doctor, and she vouches for the uh for the vaccine as well so when it's my time to take the vaccine i will take the vaccine uh so i i am urging others as well when it's time to take the vaccine it is okay to take the vaccine deborah john from bridge mcp deborah john where are you getting the info that black people will get some kind of vaccine like that um i don't know i didn't read it so i guess i'll have to go read that later on Okay, I'm still scrolling down. Michael Rodden, Egberto, I only watched your show Monday through Friday. Are you doing weekend shows too? I don't do weekend shows unless something special happened. Uh, Mike C. says, Egberto, why are so many people fleeing blue states and going to red states like Texas and Florida? I am so glad you asked that question, sir. And, you know, the, the reason is going to be that you are right, Mike Cisak. Businesses, right? They are going – the capitalist system says maximum – Profits for the shareholder and the bonuses for the executives. And if California has a high tax rate and Texas has a low tax rate, then a company that established itself with the intelligent people of California who are educated, who have health care, they will take all the benefits from California and then they'll move to Texas for a low cost, uh, a low cost in taxes. Of course they'll do that. That is what Milton Friedman taught capitalists to do. Your, your first fiduciary responsibility is to your shareholder and your executives. So that is not surprising that all these companies that can will move to Texas after they do their analysis and say, oh, but what catches them later, why you haven't seen a flood of companies moving, is quality of life. If you have... Texas as the, as the state with the worst amount of insured people, eventually that is going to affect your bottom line too. So there, there are drop-offs. Look, one of the reasons we want Medicare for all is to, to forego things like what you're talking about, right? Um, taxes are not a bad thing. Uh, taxes are invest, done right or investments into your own people. It's done by we the people. What low taxes, it's what you see in Alabama, what you see in all the low tax states. They are dependent states. Blue states support red states. Blue states give more money to the federal government that gets redistributed to the red states. So let's be clear here. You can talk about uh, the red states have lower taxes. It's not true. California taxes, New York's taxes, New Jersey's taxes are not only funding New Jersey, California, and these other places. They're funding Alabama, Kentucky, and these other states as well. So let's be clear here and let's understand the dynamics of taxes. 
one of the things that, that and this is what I get on our mainstream media about, they don't quite tell the story the way it should. They just say, oh, Texas doesn't have a high taxes. Alabama has low taxes. All these companies are going to run there. And then we have the federal government having to bail out on a yearly basis by giving them food stamps, by giving them bailouts. But all these other things that we pay for to these states. So Mike Cisak, follow the money. It's, very, it, it's not rocket science to do this sort of analysis at all. Okay, let's continue here. Uh, Facebook does not stream as well as YouTube for me. Oh, great. Thank you for making that point. Uh, CSAC, most of the influx of people coming to Texas are immigrants and around the world. And, but, you know, uh, Michael Rudman, what he's saying is true as well, though. Uh, what CSAC is saying is true. There are a lot of companies that, I mean, even uh, the guy who makes electric cars and a spaceship, they are actually wanting to move to Texas because low taxes. But we are going to pay it through the federal government anyway. Take a peek at the brainwashing of my dad. I saw that, John. I saw that, that documentary. And you're right. Listen to John Cotter. Go watch The Brainwashing of My Dad. It was written by a liberal woman who talked to her, who followed her dad who was addicted to uh, Fox News and all the right-wing talk. I mean, it's a beautiful documentary. Uh, so please check it out if you can. Uh, let's see. Michael Rudnick Cutter. Oh, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Rudnick is always on top of it. Rudnick is our honorary documentary, guys. Documentarian. Or there's another word for it. I'll remember it later. Mike Cisak, false positive after having COVID-19 and test later after getting over. Again, you're missing the point, my brother Cisak. But we'll talk about that later. I don't want to bemoan that particular subject. Okay, let's see. Later, after some research, it's not worth having a gut reaction. You're right about that, sir. You're right about that. Deborah John, replying to Bridget. Excuse me, there's enough of it out in the past, present, and future. We ain't going back to the... Oh, okay, I see... I, I didn't read your message, Deborah John, but let me take it up on, on you. Tuskegee was correct. Tus, uh, black Americans for a very long time have been used as experiments on, for drugs, as experiments for disease. In fact, the disease found uh, the, the cure for cancer was based on the cells of a black woman that was, was harvested and grown and grown for a very long time. I don't remember her name right now. Uh, so black people, black Americans have been used as experiments for a very long time in this country. That, it's documented. This isn't one of the cases, uh, Deborah. And I'm urging you, and you know, I'm, you know I'm no pansy for the plutocracy or anything like that. But I'm just saying, based on everything that I've researched so far, I am going to have the vaccine when my time is available. And I would urge you as well to get everybody that you know, that you love, to have the vaccine as well. That is a responsible thing for both myself to do, given the platform that I have. And given that you are a member of our platform, I ask you so kindly, do additional research. But please convince the people that, that trust you after you've made it clear to yourself that it's the right thing to do, please go ahead and encourage others to take the vaccine as well. Yes, black people have been used as guinea pigs for a long time. This isn't one of those times. This is a time where we all need to get together and take this vaccine and not follow all the crazy things you're going to read on the outside. I promise you, if I were ever to find something that, that goes against what I just said, I would put it out there. But I am going to have the vaccine I'm definitely going to have the vaccine after doing the research that I've had. I have my sleeve rolled up right now, ready for the vaccine. I hear you, Brother Cotter. I hear you, Brother Cotter. Anyhow, folks, we need to get out of here. One last, uh, I have to do my last pull. Please, folks, go to um, YouTube. If you're on YouTube, just click on join. Please become a uh, member of of our PDR posse. Please, I ask you so kindly. Also, please consider, uh, please consider uh, if you're not on YouTube right now, I'm putting the link in there so that you can become a member on YouTube. And likewise, if you want to support our program, go to politicsunright.com slash Patreon, or you can go to politicsunright.com slash PayPal. We could not do this without you. We definitely could not do this without you. I thank you so kindly for being here. 
I know you have places that you can be. I know there are a lot of other options. I love all my left-wingers, my right-wingers, my centrists, everybody that's here. Everybody that's here has a voice. Even if you, even if you terrorize me like some of you have, not only on this platform but elsewhere. Thank you for being here. Love you all. I got to get the hell out of here. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Most people only see their doctor a few days each year. For all the other days, there's CVS Health Hub, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab the essentials you need in just one trip, even on evenings and weekends, for care between doctor visits, from earaches to help with diabetes or sleep apnea. Visit your local CVS Health Hub today. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash health hub for details. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelts save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket.